Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Reading to Kids podcast with Jenna and Peyton. You have to stop the secret series by book number chapter 22, Revenge of the Cat Mummy. Page. Oh yeah. Page 208. Let's put this on. Oh, is that? I wonder if that's really, we're going to have to listen to this in the car when I change, um, like turn pages. Is that loud when they're listening to it? Sorry, you guys. They crouched in the darkness, sandwiched between the boxes, afraid to speak. Even a sound echoed inside the crate. They could hear Albert and his colleague walking into the exhibit. Then more footsteps and more footsteps. There must have been four or five people at least. At least all speaking at once. Are the are all the guys dead or just are all the dead guys or just the Egyptians? What about the statues? What do you call them? The shoddy figures? Hey, careful. Don't you don't want to break those another finger we lost we lost one already soon the voices gave way to sound to the sounds of banging and prying hammers tools falling on the floor workers workers swearing the exhibit was being packed up the workers swearing the without consulting one another cast Max, Ernest, and Yo-Yoji were all asking themselves the same thing. Should they give themselves up now and face the wrath of Albert, their parents, and possibly the police? Or should they wait until it was quiet again and hope to escape unseen then? The first option was horrifying but sensible. The second was was appealing but unrealistic. Nobody uttered a whisper. They would all wait. Another minute passed. Max Ernest was the first to notice the hulking shadow looming behind them. He pointed. uh, Cass clamped her hand over his mouth. Max Ernest pointed again more vehemently. His friends peered into the darkness. Only a little bit of light was coming through the cracks of the crate, but their eyes were adjusting. He had judged by the shape alone that they might have determined their mysterious companion was a Spanish woman grieving silently under a lace mantilla. The wizard sitting asleep under his cloak, or a two-year-old standing under the sheet with a dressed ghost. Cass instinctively reached around to get her flashlight, but her backpack was stuck between the two boxes. Before she could dislodge it, her phone started vibrating. Cass froze, but luckily she had silenced her phone before entering the museum. She looked at the screen. It was her mother calling. Soon, urgent texts would begin. The lights of the phone kept filling the crate with a soft glow. Now they could see who was sitting behind them a cat mummy a layer the layers of bubble wrap surrounded the cat mummy had increased the size of a dog that had given shape to a pair they could tell the cat however because of the face that the cat was painting on top of the linen bandages where the real face would have been and the legs and paw painted to show the cat sitting up tall all in all the cat mummy was a relieving sight better a dead cat than a than a live witness, but not a very comforting one. 
Cash shuddered, and she was glad that her friends couldn't see her. Yoyoji tapped his friends on the leg to get their attention. Then, smiling to himself, he took his wayfarer sunglasses off his head and put them on the cat mummy. Cass and Max Ernest both shook their, head, shook their heads in alarm. What if they damage another mummy? But then they smiled, too. It was the first bit of comic relief that they had seen in a few hours. Make that days. Yoyoji pulled out his phone and typed in to the screen for those to see. Game. Ask a cat mummy. He gave Cass a nudge. Her turn. She hesitated. It was hardly time for a game. But suddenly, she was feeling punchy. How long will we be in here? Yo-Yoji typed the answer as quickly as he could. Cat Mummy says, till the Nile floods or dinner. Whichever comes first. Cass rolled her eyes. Okay, Cat Mummy, what's the meaning of life? Yo-Yoji didn't miss a beat. Cat Mummy says, you have no life if Albert 3D catches you here. But Max Ernest had the answer. Life means cellular activity, including vital phenomenon such as growth, reproduction, and digestion. Yuyoji covered his mouth to keep from laughing. Max Ernest looked at him from the darkness, confused. Was that funny? Then he resumed typing, correcting himself. Oh, I mean, Cat Mummy says. <laughs> the game con- continued. The cell phone screens light up, lit up their faces with an eerie glow. To an outside observer, it would have looked as if they were engaged in some kind of electronic seance, attempting to summon the spirits of the Cat Mummy with their phones. Alas, the cat uttered not a single meow. The only spooky voice that they heard came about five minutes later. It was Albert's. Hey, have any of you guys seen the three kids around here? Two boys and a girl. Something was stolen, and I think that they took it. What, <clears throat> what was it? asked one of the workers. Just a finger this time. <clears throat> the, three, the three kids sat down frozen in a crate, only a few feet away from him. Just when they thought things couldn't get any worse, they were being blamed for another one of Lord Pharaoh's crimes. Cass returned her phone. Fingers flying. LP couldn't have planned it better if he wanted to set set us up. Maybe he did set us up, wrote Max Ernest. We should have known not to listen to Dr. L. Yoji held up his phone. So what now? Before either of his friends could answer, they heard the beeping sound, the kind that the truck makes when it's backing up. The beeping got louder and louder as they listened until it sounded as if they were right next to them. What's that? typed Max Ernest. A pickup truck? Cass guessed. Inside a museum? scoffed Yoyoji. A moment later, they heard a hum of a motor and they could feel something sliding under the crate. The crate tilted slightly, sending Max Ernest skidding into Cass. Ah! Max Ernest cried out spontaneously. Did you hear that? Was it one of the workers? What? I thought I just heard somebody cry out. In here. He knocked inside of the crate. Yeah, mummy. Hello, anyone home? The more they knocked, the more laughter. Okay, going up. At these words, the kids could feel the crate being lifted in the air. It felt as if they were in an, an elevator, a very small elevator. Forklift, cried Yo- typed Yoyoji. Cass looked at her friend. Should we say something? Max Ernest nodded. Yeah, like right now, time to get out. No, wrote Yoyoji. This is perfect. They'll take us out of the museum and then nobody sees us. They heard the sound of the forklift being put into gear, and then suddenly they were moving forward. If you can call it forward, when you're trapped in darkness with no room to move, headed for an unknown destination. Mm, unsure whether you're not gonna, you're going to get out in time to be averted, aver, inadvertently entombed alongside of a cat mummy. 
After a few minutes, they heard clanking sound and a hook machine attaching the crate. As they clutched their stomachs, fighting nausea, the crate wrote, the crate was lifted to what they could only be have been an extremely dangerous height. It swung left, then right, then up, then down, then further left, then left again, and then right again, and then right some more. Crane cast typed? Or that's or that's what she meant to write. She actually wrote, By the time the crate stopped swinging, Cass had somehow ended up with her foot caught between Max Ernest's knee and Yo-Yoji's face. It was a good thing that they didn't see her. As distangled themselves, the three bruised and embarrassed friends heard a clang from a gate closing and the whine of a diesel motor. Uh-oh, wrote Max Ernest. None of them saying anything for a minute. Their situation sunk in. Max Ernest typed into his phone. We better text our parents that we still, when we still have batteries. Yoyoji showed his phone to Cass. You have supplies, right? Cass nodded. Water and trail mix and backpack. And, and, and Max has chocolate. Max Ernest paled the darkness. He had just taken a chocolate bar out of his bag. How did she know? Chocolate is mine. Cass wrote back. If you want water, you have to share. Next time, don't creakle the wrapper. I heard noises. Hate you, said Max, responded, breaking off a couple modestly modestly generous pieces of chocolate for her and Yoyoji. He had known how long they were going to be in there. He might have even been stricter about the size of the rations. Then he settled back and started working on a new draft of his graduation speech.